Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Lofty Entrepreneur Podcast. I am Tanisha Coffey, aka The Lofty Entrepreneur. Thanks for joining me. As always, we are providing the best tips, tools, advice, and inspiration for entrepreneurs, no matter what stage you're at. So if you haven't already done so, click now to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Now, many entrepreneurs are great at providing their primary product or service, but being great at what you do isn't always enough in business, especially during those early years. If you don't sell, you don't survive. And really, even if you are a veteran entrepreneur, you veterans out there know that you have to make those sales and having sales skills will make you even more sales. So if you haven't guessed it, the topic of today is sales. And guys, I have joining me VP of Business Development for the Los Angeles chapter of sales training giant Sandler Training, Ms. Lenora May. Now, if the name sounds familiar, it's because, yes, she is the actress that you've seen on so many popular shows across the past few decades, from Family Ties and Party of Five to Grey's Anatomy and How to Get Away with Murder. As amazing as an actress as she is, I guarantee the tips she's going to share with you today are the real deal. There is no faking it here. She is going to share with us some gems that I can really um, tell you for sure. They are going to help you to level up your sales game. So sneak away to a quiet place, grab some paper because this is gonna be good. Hi, Lenora, thanks for joining me today. How are you? Hi, Tanisha. Great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely, absolutely. So I know for a fact that there are several questions that many um, entrepreneurs tend to have when it comes to selling. And um, I've participated in, in some of the Sandler training guys and I have to say it is a game changer, like capital exclamation points everywhere. I mean, in a very short amount of time, I learned so much and I know it's just the tip of the iceberg. So today I want um, Lenora to give us some of these um, little bit of nuggets. And I you know, spoke with some of you guys, um, did a little bit of research and we came up with four kind of challenges that many people have when it comes to sales. So Lenora, I'm gonna put you on the hot seat if you're okay with that. Um, yeah. And we're gonna, gonna see if you can help us to answer some of those um, top sales questions. Sound good? Let's do it. All right. So one of the challenges that people uh, mentioned having when it comes to selling is that it's hard to get past the gatekeeper. What do you say to that? What's, what's the, what should they be doing or thinking about? Okay, well, there's a couple of things that come to mind. First off is, you know, we, we certainly don't want to have to deal with the gatekeeper if we don't have to. So just to a side note right now, since COVID, there have been more ways to reach uh, if you're reaching CEOs, business owners, uh, HR managers. There are ways to do that now, even if you have their cell phone. And people will think, oh, no, I can't do that. That's too scary. Well, that's another topic that has to do with head trash. But the fact is that more and more people are working from home. So if you have a way to obtain their private cell phone, you know what? They're going to pick up the phone. Uh, people in business, including myself and probably Tanisha, we don't know who's on the other end. And it could be an account because right now every, everything's kind of upside down. So keep that in mind. Don't be afraid when it comes to cold calling, which is another topic, uh, to try cell phones of the people you're trying to get through to. So there's therefore right now less gatekeepers. 
However, there still are some gatekeepers. And one of the ways that we like to work with them is to, if we really are getting the pushback, if we, you know, right off the bat, first of all, your demeanor, you have to sound like you're somebody who should be on the phone uh, with this person. Um, so that's more your self-esteem that's getting centered, ready to make the call. Those are obvious. But I have to tell you, a young man called me the other day out of the blue, and apparently we had met at some live function over two years ago, and he still had my business card. And he was so nervous when he called me, and his whole, he was stumbling and worried and concerned, and he sent me a LinkedIn message and said, how are you doing? That's not going to get me to return his call. So again, mental state, uh, um, equal stature. Your stature is the same as the person you're calling. There is no difference between you. You have something very valuable they might need, and that's what you're there to do. So if the gatekeeper starts saying, well, have they, do they expect your call, which is their way of screening you out, you can say, um, not at this time, and keep it short. What is this about? I'm calling on behalf of whatever that is. If they're still pushing back, uh, you might even say, if they're not there, is there a better time to reach them? Or is there a better number? In other words, take some control over that conversation. If nothing else works, then we try to elicit their help. And we say, well, maybe you can help me out here. And I wouldn't exactly call that the dummy curve, but we do have something called the dummy curve where you kind of play innocent or you play a little dumb. So help me out here. You know, what I'm trying to do is establish a relationship with so-and-so. And we have something that might really, really be important. Um, what's the best way to go about this, in your opinion? How would I reach them? Is there somebody else I can reach out to, meanwhile, until I can get a hold? Get their help. Really turn on the charm. Make them your friend. Make them your ally. And you will be surprised how many of them will help you. Um, I had someone, another example, uh, called cold to a CEO. Um, couldn't get through, couldn't get through. Finally, gatekeeper answered. I decided, well, I tried several times. I might as well talk to the gatekeeper. That's what I do. I give it a few shots. So she said, well, what does he expect your call? I said, not at this time. Well, what is this about? I told her. Um, and she said, um, I said, is there any way that, uh, how do you think we should go about this? She said, well, you know, um, maybe you can tell me a little bit about what you do. So I said, great. So I made her my friend. I told her what I do, Sandler training. And I, she said, I will get that. I will make sure to get that message to him. Well, she did. And the message came back from her. He wants you to send material. Now, that's not the message you want. In Sandler, we talk about that. We don't want you sending material out into space. Uh, it does you no good. It takes away all your leverage. You need a face-to-face one-on-one. Otherwise, it's, it's just too random. So I said, well, we have so much material. It would be really difficult for me to just send material out there. I don't know exactly what his issue is at this time. Is there a way that you can pencil something in on his calendar? And she did. She said, I'm not sure this date will stick. I'm going to take a guess and put something on the calendar. I said, that's great. Then once I talk to him, I can find out what he'd like me to send him. So she called back a week later. Well, he wants to meet with you, but we have to put it on a different date. The date I chose was not the right date. I said, terrific. Next thing, I had a meeting. And lo and behold, his sales team, they're our clients. So 
I think that that is, that is amazing because I think a lot of time people do get, um, kind of for, for lack of better term, you know, awestruck, starstruck, feel intimidated when they are calling because they know that they're calling for a specific reason. They're trying to get the other person to do something. And so they feel like they're kind of at the whim of that person. And the way that you explained it, the varies those very kind of simple tweaks to mindset, to behavior, to how you work the conversation, um, I think is absolutely amazing in, in, in thinking of it. Like I, I have something that I'm trying to help you do. And, you know, and then also thinking of the gatekeeper, not as a gatekeeper, you know, a guard, you know, that just absolutely won't let you in, but actually instead of trying to barge your way in, but actually becoming the friend. So I think that is, um, really a really great way to think about it and I think it's something that most people can do you know sometimes people will hear about certain you know sales tactics and things like that that don't resonate with them that feel um off personality um but I don't think anything that you mentioned most you know most people would feel that way they could do it if anything some people might have to kind of tone back that kind of you know desire to just kind of barrel through and try to you know make the person do right then and there remember the gatekeeper is another person who has feelings who has a job to do their job is to weed out calls that are really unnecessary but in some cases if you say can you help me out this is what I'm, I'm, this is what I'm about. And you come off as somebody very legitimate. They're thinking, if I don't put this message through, I might get in trouble. So it kind of works both ways. Now, what about, so we're, we're already talking about people, you know, making that call. What about people who get stuck even picking up the phone? You know, so we talked about a little bit more that, you know, Think of people as your equal, equal stature, but what about if they just really are just scared to pick up the phone? I don't know what they're thinking is going to happen on the other end, but what advice do you have for them? Right. Okay. That is a great question. Now, most people, most average people don't like to make cold calls or call, call someone on the other end if there might be a gatekeeper or they're not being, there is no expectation of your call. That's really scary for everybody. You're not alone. That's number one. But number two, we can take that fear, which is a rational fear. However, we can shift it to an empowering message instead of the negative message, which is, and that's one of mine, by the way, personally, nobody's going to want to talk to me. It's the CEO of this company. It's not, they don't want to be bothered. Take that, that what we call head trash, that fear, shift it to an empowering statement. There are so many, there are, you know, 8 million people, 8 billion people in the world. And there are people out there that are the right prospects and clients for what I have that are actually looking for this right now. Not only will they be happy to hear from me, I'll be saving them the time and energy of having to go through their friends and contacts and find out more about this. The, the right person is going to pick up the phone and be actually quite glad to talk to me. And I have something really valuable for them. And I really believe that. All right. So dump the head trash out and, and come from a place of helping, um, you know, realizing that you're calling to help. So, and what happens is it's a cycle. 
if you let your head trash determine and your fear is determining how many cold calls you will make, what's gonna happen? You're gonna make less cold calls. What's gonna happen? You're gonna get less business. If you, if you switch that thought over to an empowering one, what's gonna happen? You're gonna make more cold calls because you're gonna be telling yourself somebody out there really needs to hear from me today. Then what's gonna happen? You're gonna get more business. Then what's gonna happen? You'll wanna make more cold calls. So it's, it's, it, it feeds into that wheel and the, the negative thoughts feed into their own negative wheel, which is too bad. Right. You'll make less and less and less calls as you go and you'll have less business. Right. All right. So, so those are some really good nuggets. Hopefully you guys are taking those notes that I suggested. Uh, so here comes a big one. All right. So <laughs> people are saying that they, they, you know, they've, they've taken the time, they've made the call, they've gotten past the gatekeeper and they pitch. And then the person says, oh, you know what? Let me think that over. Oh, wow. Or um, let me see, you know, I have another meeting with, you know, another person, you know, in your same industry, you know, I kind of want to hear what they have to say. Uh, you know, that's gut wrenching, you know, after you've gone through and done your pitch and you're like, yeah, I know I got it. And then they say, I'll think it over. Okay. So. <laughs> that doesn't just happen with, with cold calls. That happens on every sales meeting you have. You're always in that position where after you've done your meeting, and, and no matter how enthusiastic your prospect shows, you know, excitement, interest, there's, there's, there's a lot of people out there who do that. And then the next thing they do is say, you know, I have to run that by my wife, or I have to talk it over with so-and-so, he's the other guy, or you know what, call me back in six months. And they go from so excited, getting all that nice info to they ghost you. Mm -hmm. okay. yep. So that's not just cold calls. I will say there's two pieces of this cold calls. There's an approach that is very important to make on a cold call. You will never, ever want to call someone who doesn't expect your call and launch. The sooner, as soon as I get one of those and we all get them, the first thing I want to do is, is try to get off the phone. Somebody's launching and all I can think about is how am I going to get out of this? That's a no, no. So in Sandler, we do something called an upfront contract, which is kind of how you qualify your prospects. That's another piece. But you can use it even in a cold call. It's called a pattern interrupt. You call, and I take a second, like a half split second in my head to really feel this before I say it. And I say, hi, this is Lenora from Sandler Training. Am I catching you at a bad moment? And I really mean it. And I pause. And that sits. And they, they don't expect that, that on a cold call, they don't. So they're thinking, well, wait, wait a minute, who is this? So they say just that. Well, um, I don't, uh, I'm, a, I'm walking into a meeting. That's their cover. That's their pushback. What's this about? And I say, well, I can tell you in about 20 seconds, the reason for my call. And if it doesn't apply to you, we can just hang up. Would that be fair? And I would say eight times out of 10, I will get sure you have 20 seconds because everybody can spare 20 seconds. And because I was so polite and because I used um, um, pattern interrupt and because I also did equal stature and permission, permission to talk, permission to say what I'm about to say, I didn't launch. I don't want to talk to somebody who's in the middle of something. 
that's 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 not going to be fun for me and it's really rude so that's how that gets set up but nevertheless even after a nice call like that where i've had people literally say i'm walking into a meeting and all of a sudden they're not walking into a meeting anymore we're having a conversation that's because that's my 22nd pitch which is another topic um, even after that, if they say, you know, I, I think, you know, maybe call me in six months. Well, that's a smoke screen. That's called a smoke screen. You're always going to get pushback. That's going to happen even if, like I said, even if you had a sit down um, um, calendared in meeting. Well, what are smoke screens? So in general, nobody wants to be sold to. That's human nature. Um, Tanisha, you could be going into a store and you know exactly what you want. You want that sort of fuchsia hot pink with slight puffy sleeves and a little bit long sleeves. You know exactly what you're looking for and you walk into the store and, and the sales lady says, can I help you? And you say, no, I'm just looking. You lie. Why do you lie? You don't want that woman hovering around. You don't want that woman trying to sell you other things. You, wanna, you just want to do your own thing. Well, that's what all of us do. So if you are approaching people in your meetings with selling, and presenting before you've had a chance to find out to qualify your, the person you're talking to, do they even have a problem you need to solve? That's number one, that would be their pain that you can solve. Number two, is there a budget? Number three, are we talking to the, the decision maker? Or what's the right, what is your process for decision making? How does that look? Tell me about how it's done in your business, in your world. So those things are established at the very beginning. If you don't qualify your prospects, then you can expect a lot of pushback because you're, spell, you're, you're selling to people that may not need your product. What a big waste of time for them and you. They also don't trust you very much because you sound like every other vendor out there. So what you wanna sound like is an advisor. What does an advisor do? An advisor doesn't launch, an advisor doesn't sell, an advisor asks questions. Now, we have something called the pendulum theory. Um, what stays in, what, what is, what is it, what, what goes in motion stays in motion. Um, yes. it, it, it's, a, it's a physics theory. We want to stay a little bit behind, a little negative of our prospect. So when we get those typical pushbacks, after we've seen a lot of enthusiasm and somebody says, well, you know, I, I might have to, I, why don't you call me in six months? What I'm going to do is I'm going to get a little bit negative and I'm going to say, so that's, that sounds perfectly fine. I'm willing to do that. Just tell me what's going to change in six months. Is anything going to change? And they'll say, well, you know, we've got this and this and this. And, this. and I, I might say, well, you know, sometimes that's somebody's polite way of saying they're really not interested. Is that the case here? It's okay with me if you tell me. And they will correct you and say, no, I really am interested. I'll say, well, maybe we should put something on the calendar. Or well, maybe you're right. Maybe I wasn't as interested as I thought. Great, gone. We're done. We're moving on. No more time spent with this person. No more chasing. We're not going to put time into that person. Um, some more smoke screens. Um, you know, I'm, I, I like this and I'm looking for this, this service, but I, I am shopping around. Well, that, you know, that, that most of us who are drinking hopium, that we're, we're so excited this person's showing interest, but now they're telling me they're shopping around. What am I going to do? Well, go a little negative. Oh, shopping around. So who else are you talking to? Oh, so what is it you like that they do? Tell me what, what you like. 
well, I like this, I'm looking for that. Da, 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 da. And is there anything that, that's not on that list that you're still looking for, that, that you're still looking to find? So you've got them talking. You're not talking anymore. You're not selling. You're finding out what's really going on. Um, sometimes they say, and I'm sure you've heard this one, how much does it cost? So right away, uh-oh, what am I going to do? I'm going to spill the beans. I'm going to talk about my pricing. That is a no-no because, again, as soon as you do that, you lost leverage. The beans are out of the bag. We call that spilling our candy in the lobby. And they can shop around if they're just looking for price. They can also try to do it themselves, which is you doing them a really big disservice because we all know how that goes when people try to do it themselves. So the little negative, the little behind that would be, so tell me something, is, is uh, price your only criteria? Close your mouth and wait. Well, no. Oh, what else? What's important to you? What else are you thinking about besides price? And now you're into a pain conversation, which is exactly where you want to go. You want to go into pain. Why do they need this product or service? Let's find out if we can fix something or help them. You need to find out what it is. If they say, well, yeah, I am kind of looking for the cheapest. Well, are you the cheapest? My guess is you're not, and you don't want to be, and you shouldn't be. So if that's what you're dealing with, they're really not your prospect. You've already disqualified them. But you're in charge of that dance. You want to be in charge of the buyer-seller dance. You don't want them in charge. Those are a few examples. That was amazing. I love that. I mean, I think the, the, some of the key takeaways are you know, asking those questions, and really maintaining your position of power, you know, understanding that, yes, you want to sell someone something, you want a client, but you also want the right client. You, you know, you don't want to have to, you know, kind of fight to get a client, you know, have them kick, you know, kicking and screaming using kind of that notion of, you know, I'm going to make you my client, but then they really don't want to be, or that it end up being the client from hell that you really didn't want to deal with, which you would have figured out if you had asked some of those questions. Right. And I think, you know, just kind of living in that space of realizing that you, not everybody is going to be your client and that's okay. <laughs> Excuse me. And not everybody that you talk to has to become that person, um, you know, that you work with. I think, I think that's one of, one of the things that holds a lot of people up. They think, okay, I finally got this meeting, but this potential person, so I got to close them. I have to, I have to. And Hopi, um, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, you guys, if you are listening, please, you know, really think about what Lenora is saying. She is, you, you've been phenomenal kind of describing these scenarios and situations I'm quite certain many people who are listening can literally think back to a time where they have either been in that situation trying to sell someone or literally they've been on the other side and they're the one giving the, you know, the excuses and the smoke screens. And if they really think about it, they're like, yeah, I did really mean it that way when I, when I said that, oh man, <laughs> you know, so I, I think it's absolutely amazing. So I told you guys when we first started out. Sandler was a game changer, okay? So you guys have gotten a little taste of, you know, kind of what Sandler training does. So, but Lenore, I want you to kind of explain 
in uh, you know you know in a condensed way, let people know what more to it is. You know, somebody who's coming in, somebody who's like, you know, she said so many great things. I need to level up my sales game. I want to know more about Sandler. What should they know to begin helping them to make a decision on whether you guys might be right for them? Well, you know, there are a lot of other sales training companies that are similar. I think we're, we're and they're, they're all good. Um, one thing you have to believe in the beginning is that you do, you do need some help with sales. People think for some reason they can do sales without ever really learning about it. It's not as easy as it looks because you're going to get all these kind of crazy traps mm-hmm. that are going to be set for you, which is why David Sandler created the system. He was so frustrated with all this crazy stuff with the think it overs and the ghosting that he went to a behavioral therapist and, and figured out this whole system. So the beauty of it is we believe that you should be always qualifying your prospect. That way you eliminate all these people who would eventually just tell you that after they put you through the ringer and they get a lot of nice free information out of you, i.e. free consulting, and they run away. They've got all that nice stuff. So we don't want that. We want you to be in charge of that buyer seller dance. We want, and we, and it's because you care. You're not going to be a jerk. This is not about being a jerk and and saying, I have power. It's not that. It's about making sure that you're not being a silly fool and following people around for days and days and calling and wasting time with people that don't need what you have, that are not real prospects. You are. That, that is a waste of energy and nobody wants to be sold to. So the biggest thing I think that, that separates our philosophy and some of the others is that we want you to qualify. And what I mean by that is right up front, you're going to find out a bunch of stuff. And you do not start any conversation with anyone without that beginning. Because it's like going to a baseball game. It's like in the beginning of that baseball game, they always talk about the ground, the, the rules, right? And we don't play the game till the rules are set. And that way, everybody's on the same playing field equally. And the audience knows the rules and the, and the players know the rules and the empires are following the rules. So we want, that's what we want for you and for your prospect. You're going to give them the best possible service because you are eliminating all of the facts. You're, you're going to be able to know exactly what they need when you ask these questions. Now, the first set of questions would be your upfront contract. That is not a written contract. It is simply certain questions you're going to ask to find out the basics. And let's say you're about to have a sit-down meeting or face-to-face here. What you want to talk about is you want to confirm, I think we have a half hour on the calendar. Do you still have that half hour? Or if it's an hour, whatever, confirm, yes. Oh, no, I'm going to have to leave early. Oh, would you like to reschedule? No, no, I want to do this. Okay, let's do that. Um, So we've already talked about, we've already discussed how decisions are made. Is everybody at this meeting one of those decision makers? We're not going to take a meeting with anybody who has somebody else somewhere else that they're going to have to confer with. We're going to find that out up front. So if someone just throws that at you at the last minute, well, so-and-so is not here. They couldn't make it. Oh, can we get them on the phone? Can we get them to join us? How hard would it be to get them to Zoom in right now? Or should we reschedule? You see, if you're so anxious to make the sale, 
you're not going to take the time to do these things. And this is where your power comes. You have to pretend in your mind you've got a billion dollars. You just won that lottery. And if this deal doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. It's not going to be any sweat to you. If you have that mindset, then you will take the right steps. You won't say, oh, they're not here. Well, let's proceed anyway. You're going to have a problem. It will come back and bite you because they can always say, well, now I have to throw this at so-and-so and he's out of town for the next three months and you're back where you started. So let's get them on the phone. Let's reschedule. You should be able to say that. Here's another big one. So at the end of our conversation, if it looks like there really isn't a fit, would you be okay telling me today? No, but thank you so much anyway. Now, everybody's out there going, wait a minute. I don't want to ask for a no. I want a yes. I don't want to know. That's, that's correct. We prefer yes to no, but I'd rather have a no than chase and waste time. So if at the end of the conversation, after we've done our due diligence with our question skills, which is another piece, we should have a yes or a no. The yes, the no is this isn't really a fit or there's no pain that I can really solve for you, but it was so nice meeting you. And by the way, is there anyone you can think of that you can think of that might be uh, good for me to meet? We always ask for referral, always. Putting that aside, uh, conversely, if after we talk for this half hour, it really seems like it's making sense to you, would it be okay with you to tell me, yeah, let's go ahead forward and maybe that might mean putting something on the calendar, uh, another follow-up or whatever that might mean. Yes, I can do that. And most people, when you ask them to say no, they like that too. They can exhale because they feel like you're not going to start pushing them and selling them. They have permission to say no. And that's the same permission I gave to the CEO on the phone. I can tell you in 20 seconds the reason for my call. And if it's if it doesn't speak to you, we can just hang up. Is that okay? They go, sure, I have 20 seconds. So people like that you give them choices, that you're not pushing and bamboozling and you wanna ask the right questions of the right person at the right time. The other piece of the upfront is it's the time, it's the decision makers, um, the budget can come later um, because you might work with them on that depending on your situation, but yes or no, also, would it be okay if I asked you some questions? I need to learn a little bit about what's going on in your world. Yes, go ahead, ask questions. And also, and, and I'm sure you have questions for me. Will you be okay asking me today what those questions are? Yes, I'm okay. Okay, those are the ground rules. We're ready to play. Now we go into our meeting and that starts with questioning techniques. I love it. I love it. Okay, guys, she is giving you so much gold today. <laughs> so much gold. I expect that you guys are going to be replaying this episode several times over to catch it all. Um, right now, um, Lenora, be sure to go ahead and let people know how they can connect with you if they have more questions. And um, we'll take it from there. You can always reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, I think, Tanisha, you're going to provide that information or... Absolutely. Okay, so I'm on LinkedIn. My name isn't that common. It's Lenora May. Um, my website is on there. My contact is on there. Uh, my, e my email, if you want to email me, is LenoraMay999 at gmail.com. But LinkedIn is great. You can say, hey, I, I saw your uh, podcast with Tanisha. 
you know, and I, can we talk? And I'll say, sure, let's set up a time and we can talk. And just so you know, once a month, we do a complimentary one hour executive briefing. Uh, Tanisha came to our last one and it's very much like this, only it's a little more interactive. It's not just a talking head. And we ask everybody to participate and, and bring up some of their toughest selling issues. And we try to address very many of those and give examples of how to work them out. And, and a little bit like what we talked about today, but maybe um, a little different, little, little different. So if you want to be invited to one of those, it's invitation only, but we would have to have a chat first and then, then I would invite you. All right, guys, there you have it. So you have a ton of tips to help you with your sales to get started. But if you want to know more, you need to reach out to Lenora. You can connect with her on LinkedIn. I most certainly will be including all of her contact information as part of this episode. So check out the show notes if you're on one of the podcast channels. Check out the description if you're on YouTube. And always, 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 you guys know I'm trying to provide you with the best tips, tools, and advice. Did I come through today? I think so. So be sure to click to subscribe so you don't miss the next episodes. And then also sharing is caring. Be sure to share this episode and all other The Lofty Entrepreneur podcast episodes for the future. Thank you so much, Lenora. I so appreciate you. Oh, such great advice. So much, so much. Lenora. Thank you. And, and good luck, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Lenora, I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.